Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy and romance and all of the fantastic places it overlaps. I'm here with my first cup of coffee, and it is delicious indeed. Today is Monday, August 31st, last day of August of 2020, and I have to report that some critter killed one of my new clematis, the clematis that I planted on the north wall of the house here earlier this summer to replace the other clematis that was languishing and has since died. And I am not pleased. Something that a few of my author friends and I have been using. <laughs> it's in capital letters, not pleased. Uh, it says so much, don't you think? But other plants are flourishing. I need to figure out a vine I can plant in that spot. I guess I should do it soon because this is a good planting time of year. We got um, more rain last night. So finally getting some rain here. I wonder what could survive that particular location. <laughs> uh. One of the good pieces of news is that the big rain cleared off the mess on the table under the arbor. You guys recall that I was complaining bitterly about all of the grape skins and bird crap that had sort of created this very unattractive mosaic layer on the table. Now there's a little bit more on there. But we got this massive rain on Friday night, just massive. It was wonderful. And I came out here Saturday morning, and my table was like a little lake. And I just used the towel to sweep it all away. I was sort of contemplating, like, if I was going to have to soak it in Windex or what. And for whatever reason, it's like I cannot buy Windex locally. It's so weird, the things that we can't buy. Our um, little local grocery store, which is not little. It's not like a Beansy Corner grocery store. It's a full-size grocery store. And it, in, in normal times, it's pretty well stocked and has lots of good organic food and, you know, interesting things. But lately, they've been so completely discombobulated and all I've wanted to do for a couple of months is buy a bottle of Windex. And I asked David to get me some when he went to the store. And he said, well, they didn't have any. So I got you this kind. And it was like this organic glass cleaner that is adequate but doesn't work as well. And, you know, of course, I totally blamed him. I'm thinking, ah, I didn't say it. But, you know, thought to myself, ah, he just didn't know where to look for it. So next time I was over there, I looked. And sure enough, there was just none to be found. And so after that, I started just checking every time I was at the store. And I asked him to check, too. I'm like, surely they're going to restock Windex at some point. And, but no, but no. And most recently, I went over there. And, and they're doing this weird thing where, like, they, they suddenly supply a whole bunch of something that you couldn't get for a while, and they fill the shelves with that. So I went to look for Windex there the other day, and the shelves were entirely full of bleach. I mean, it was like 10 yards of 
five shelves all of bleach. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's great, guys. I'm glad you have bleach now. They did that with, um, oh, I remember it was that they filled it with toilet paper, you know, after the early runs on toilet paper. Like, they suddenly got toilet paper, and we were trying to buy, was it paper towels? It was some, it might have been paper towels. I wanted to get, like, those select sheet paper towels, you know, the smaller sheet. And they, they filled the entire aisle with toilet paper. And it was like, no, you can't have paper towels. But look at all this toilet paper. It's just really weird. Weird and disconcerting. So on Saturday, I made my journey into town and got my free birthday car wash and my pumpkin spice latte. So I was very happy. Um, those were kind of treats for me. And then I and I put gas on the car, which needed to be done. And then I stopped at the Albertsons because I thought, well, I'll just go buy some Windex at fucking Albertsons. They did not have it either. They did not have Windex. And it was kind of funny because I was checking out and the checker asked me if I had found everything. And I said, well, everything except Windex, which I apparently can't have for love or money. And she didn't reply. I don't know if she was, like, tired of hearing people bitch at her or what. But I, I didn't think I was being bitchy. I was just, like, observing. But she didn't acknowledge that. But the guy who was checking, who was kind of, um, I don't know, good-looking white guy. And I thought, well, maybe he's a manager pitching in for checking or something. He looked, I don't know, he looked managerial. He looked like middle, middle management. But... Um, he says, oh, well, you just use um, water and vinegar. And he's like demonstrating squirting. And I, I nearly said to him, I kind of looked at him and I wanted to say, you've never washed a window in your life, have you? Because <laughs> if you've ever washed a window, you will know that the water and vinegar solution will not work. But so then I came home and I went to Amazon and I ordered like one of those huge 32 ounce refill containers on of Windex on Amazon, which I didn't want to do, but you know, it's like, <laughs> so I can't get Windex in town for love or money, but I can get it by selling myself out to Amazon. I guess it's the moral of the story. I was really starting to wonder if the Windex plant was like making disinfectant for the hospitals instead or something noble like that. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Why can't you buy Windex? You know, and of course these are, uh, champagne problems it's just that i'd really like to wash my windows <laughs> and have them be clean afterwards so so let's see i had a, a pretty good weekend um yesterday sunday i was in the all-day meeting with the safwa board and some of the key volunteers and the staff and we did our strategic visioning for the year um Norm, the last couple of years, we have done this in person, which it turns out works far better than in the Zoom room. Um, I mean, I guess Zoom was better than nothing, and it was really good to get everybody together and talk through stuff. But um, our facilitator was the same facilitator that we had last year, and I just wasn't thrilled with how she, I'm going to put this in air quotes, led the discussion. Um it was weird. I felt like she wasn't listening to us. Like she had her mind made up and was kind of directing us down a particular path. 
And the other thing I found disconcerting, and I feel like this is sort of a universal thing for, for human beings that we have to guard against, but she was bringing up our goals from the retreat last year and asking us to prioritize them for the coming year, which we felt like were still the most important. And I ended up saying a couple of times saying, well, we accomplished that goal. That thing's done. And and she was like, well, but does everybody feel like this is in as good of shape as it can be? Which everybody did. Um, you know, and it's like, um, I didn't understand why we didn't start with going through and saying, here were our priorities from last year. Which things have we accomplished? Uh, she didn't seem to have room in her vocabulary for what have you accomplished. Um, we had taken care of several very big tasks. So, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird experience. Uh, we're going to meet again tomorrow and actually set some of our priorities, which I think will be good. It's, um, yeah, it, it was good. It was just a very long day, um, a long day being on Zoom, which is exhausting, and I was tired at the end of it. And because I knew I was going to be doing that all day, on Saturday I had things I wanted to get done. Um, I got the laundry done. I got the house clean. I knew I wanted to have the house. I love starting the week with the house totally in order, you know, and that way it just sort of makes everything else easier. And I so I was prioritizing getting that stuff done and also just giving myself a little bit of time to play. I wanted to sit and read my book and, um, you know, enjoy the pretty weather and all of that kind of thing since I was losing one of my weekend days. So the upshot is, is I did not finish my Lyra contest entries, which I'm already behind on. But, you know, the thing is, is when you critique someone else's work, you want to be in a good frame of mind when you do it. And I just haven't, um, haven't had the right window of opportunity. And I know they're irritated with me that I haven't done it yet. But, you know, there's only so much one person can do. And... You know, I have to keep my life going, and I have to keep myself in a good frame of mind, which is important. And then I think, um, you know, when you volunteer to do stuff, and this one I was kind of voluntold because everyone in the chapter has to do it, which I don't necessarily mind, but that doesn't mean that it folds neatly into my schedule, you know. So anyway, I need to get those done. That's kind of hanging over my head. especially with some other things that are uh, shaping up and going on, you know. So, let's see. Where are we at otherwise? Um, Dark Wizard's coming along great. I'm having so much fun writing this book. I almost don't want to finish writing this book. I'm having so much fun. Um, so... I don't, let's see, it's Monday, so I don't even remember where I left it. I think I'm, actually, I'm at about 60% through. That's right, because I remember Kelly Robson was asking me how it was going. I am at um, somewhere around uh, between fifty nine and 60,000 words on it. So I'm excited to forge ahead. I've got one little problem I'm noodling, something I'm trying to 
that I want to put at the beginning, and this kind of came from the beta readers too, was it's it's part of understanding the it's partly the magic system, but it's also the culture of the world that they felt like needed to be a little bit more upfront, which I totally agreed. Um, and I had been trying to think of a place to put it to show this dynamic, I guess, that the reader really needs to know early on in the story. And it's, it's entirely for the reader because one set of characters absolutely knows and is steeped in this and the other kind of set of characters, like the heroine and her world, they're entirely steeped in this and the hero is new to it. And, but it's really so that the reader understands her motivations. And I've been trying to figure out a place to put it, and I couldn't find a neat place to put it. There's always a prologue, but, you know, it's, and this is why people resort to prologues, right? It's like, um, I hate resorting to prologues. But I will if I have to. And the beta reader suggested that the hero could witness this and because there is room in his POV in the first chapter for him to witness this dynamic. My problem there is, is I don't want him to understand the implications of the dynamic because... I think he wouldn't, I don't think he'd make the choices that he does if he understood. So that's a tricky proposition, isn't it? It's, this is third person, close POV. So how do I find a way to show the readers how damaging this dynamic is while the person who observing it does not? And I don't know. Maybe the answer is a prologue. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting. RWA has come out with the rules for the new Vivian Award. And one of the, one of the new ways that they're doing it, which I do think is smart, this is for published works, is that there is like a first cut where books are evaluated by three judges, I think. Oh, sorry, I'm stretching. Oh, where they're evaluated by several judges who decide, who just read like the first three chapters to decide if the book should move on. And this is intended to call out all of the books that are just really not not ready for a published manuscript, a published book contest like that. Uh, and we've, it's, there's almost no way to, no kind way to say it, but there's a lot of books, particularly there was a problem with self-published books. And I say this as someone who self-publishes that there were people entering self-published books in the contest um, as a gesture of hope and faith, I'm sure. And, you know, perhaps believing in their own books, but that were, you know, like almost completely unreadable. They were just in no way ready for an audience. And I know that's hard when you're a beginning writer to 
to really get that. Um, it's hard to be honest about your own work and see things. Conversely, um, you know, there were a lot of people arguing for a very long time saying, oh, well, that everybody should only be allowed to enter one book and that it should be your best book of the year. And it's like, how do you know what your best book of the year is? It, you you don't. I, I swear, you really don't. Um, you know, my book that won a Rita Award, The Pages of the Mind, in 2017, you know, a lot of people still bring that up to me as their favorite book. And in fact, somebody commented about it on Facebook yesterday because I wrote a blog post being annoyed about that Enola Holmes trailer where they were like showing that she's uh, a special, active, interesting, not like other girls kind of gal because she doesn't know how to embroider. And I get really tired of this shorthand that like if you're an interesting female, you you shun needlework. Um, George R. R. Martin did it with Arya um, and they're not the only ones. It's been done countless times. And I think it reflects more um, the male writer's disdain for female artistry than anything else. Needlework is it's not easy, and it's it's a real art. Someone who embroiders very well can make amazing things. So anyway, I, I wrote the blog post on this. I will attempt to recall that I need to link to it. Uh, but someone had commented, you know, I cross-posted it to Facebook, and someone commented on it yesterday saying that I can't recall what she said about it. At first, I thought she she was really kind of disagreeing with me. She was defending the um, writers making that choice. But then she wound up with saying, um, clearly, they just need to read the pages of the mind so that they can stutter, study how to, <laughs> did I stutter? Um, so that they can study how to create a really well-rounded, balanced female character, something like that. I mean, you know, very flattering and lovely thing to say. So it was like, well, of course I love this comment. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny to me that The Pages of the Mind continues to be a book that people love as much as they do. And there was even someone commenting on Twitter last week saying, um, do awards like the Rita Award really make any difference to readers? And I only saw it because a couple of people tagged me saying, well, I discovered at Jeffy Kennedy because the pages of the mind won the Rita. And so I read it and then I went and read all of her books, which is fantastic and exactly what you want to have happen. Um, but, you know, if somebody had asked me what, which of my books I thought should win a Rita or which one I thought would be most beloved, um, I don't think I would pick the pages of the mind. I don't know why it's that one. So anyway, that's all slightly tangential. My point, and I do have one, is that this first cut for the Vivian, I think, is a good idea to sort of elevate the books that really have that extra spark, or not even that extra spark, the ones, you know, like to eliminate the ones that are just not up to snuff for a contest like that yet but when it they said it's like the first three chapters or the prologue and the first two chapters 
And I cringed immediately because they have certain criteria, you know, like does it draw the reader in, does it hook and all of that sort of thing. And I feel like, and I know I've talked about this before and you guys have reassured me, so maybe it doesn't matter. But, you know, I was thinking, what if I entered the orchid throne in this contest? Um, there is that prologue written from Ambrose's point of view that my editor asked me to put in there just to help with some of the dense world building. And I agreed that it was a good thing to put in there, but I'm not sure it's very hooky. I, I think it's a little um, dense for people to start there. So when we talk about prologues and whether or not we skip prologues, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm just of, <laughs> I'm of many minds on this, like a tree in which there are many blackbirds, because it's like, if you put a prologue in there that, People can theoretically skip. Why are you putting it in there? Uh, and if you feel like your prologue's not hooky, then there's a problem with the prologue, right? Uh, I would like to put this thing in the prologue maybe because I really like my opening. That's, that's my problem is I love my opening line and opening scenario. So I could work this in later, but... If I put it in the prologue, if people read the prologue first, then it's just like opening the book. I might as well open the chapter with that, right? So I think that with the Vivian establishing that as a rule, that that is maybe a stronger statement on the genre than the organization intends, because basically they are saying that the prologue is the beginning of the book. And... If that's so, why are we calling it a prologue? <laughs> uh, um, to give credit where it's due, I, I'll, I will link to it. I will attempt to link to it because I know I use this line a lot. Um, the, the line from the poem is really, I was of two minds, like a tree in which there are two blackbirds from 13 Ways of Looking at a Blackbird by a poet whose name escapes me at the moment. But I'll link to it. It's one of my all-time favorite poems, and I know I use that line a lot, and that's where it comes from. Um, there's a lot of images from that poem that uh, stick with me. I learned the word euphony, euphony from that poem. At the sight of blackbirds flying in a green light, even the bods of euphony would cry out sharply. Isn't that great? So, anyway, my tree has many blackbirds in it. Uh, I'm going to go to work and sort out my blackbirds. First cup of coffee as part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.